My name's Angelo and welcome to We Want Picks. I'm gonna break down the entire UFC Vegas 60 Sanhagen vs. Song fight card. I'm gonna give you my picks, predictions, and bets. We're coming off the heels of a pretty successful UFC 279. If you followed every single one of my bets and Jacob bets that were available on premium, you'd be up units. We're up units on the night. Our safety parlay hit, parlay, parlay hit, our prize picks hit, and we had some real, real success, and Jacob has hit his 10th lock of the week in a row. 10. That is an insane, insane streak for him. Before I jump in, become a premium member. Premium membership is only $10 a month, and it gives you access to all of our bets, all of our picks, all of our raw notes, the minute we do all of it. This UFC Vegas 60 content has been up since this morning and it has been there. The bets have been there. Some of them have been there for a few weeks. Weonpicks.com at the top. Click become a member. It is only $10 a month and it includes a DraftKings optimizer. If you are into DraftKings and you do these large tournaments, multi-entry tournaments, then you need to use the optimizer. It's just that simple. You go in there, a few clicks, it's pre-populated, and it will build you anywhere from one to 150 lineups with a couple clicks of the button. And here's a couple of reviews from UFC 279. We had a tweet from Mike, Real Battle Sauce, said he spent 2.8 thousand to win 11.3 thousand. That was all because of We Want Picks. Mike, we appreciate you, my dude. And then Elias Parcero said, Place the bet based on that parlay, I made 3,000. He's talking about that members-only safety parlay. That parlay is available for members only. It's two legs, three legs, and four legs, and it has been cashing for us. Wewantpicks.com at the top. Click become a member. That parlay and everything else is up right now, ready to go. It is $10 a month. $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. Let's go. Let's break down this card. Before I do... If you want 50 bucks for free, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. You have to sign up with any one of our partners using our links, make a deposit, and I'll send you 50 bucks. It's that simple. Wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up, make a deposit. I'll send you $50 as a thank you. And opening up UFC Vegas 60, we have Loma Lukbunmi taking on Denise Gomes. Lona Lugbumi is a really good Muay Thai fighter with very good volume and deceiving power. And I say deceiving power because she's tiny. She, this is the 115 pound weight class and she's still too small for this weight class. She has shown though that she can be more than a striker. She outwrestled Sam Hughes in that win with four takedowns and she even took Lupita Godinez down in that fight. While her takedowns have improved, if she gets taken down, she's really not great off her back, but her submission defense is solid. She's got a 68% takedown defense, but she does get taken down in most of her fights. Denise Gomes is a tough striker, and I'm nodding my head like this because she can grapple as well. She is hittable though, but she's incredibly tough and never out of a fight. She will continue to come forward, bite down, and bomb away. It takes her a few minutes to get going, but once she's dialed in, she picks up the pace and has no problem sort of just taking one to give one. She works in kicks well, and she can be dangerous on the ground. You'll see stoppages on her records, but it's not raw power. It's literally just grit 
and pressure that breaks her opponents. And I got to go with Luke Boomi here. She's proven to us that she can be a dangerous technical striker as well as an effective grappler. The only losses we have seen from her in the UFC are when she gets pushed around and out grappled. I see Loma winning the striking exchanges and then working in takedowns. I'm very confident in this pick, but minus 260 money line is, is tough. It is still, you know, a 115-pound women's MMA fight. So I, I'm probably not going to touch the money line. But when BetOnline drops their takedown prop bet, I might grab that. If you don't know what that is, first, go to weonpicks.com slash bets. We have five partners. BetOnline offers a prop bet where uh, all you need to do is say who's going to get more takedowns. There's not a line. It's not more than three. It's just who's going to get more takedowns in this fight. Loma has been working in takedowns. We'll see when that drops. We'll see what that line is. Uh, and I'll probably hit that. Jacob just cashed that for UFC 279. He did it on Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson lost the fight, got submitted, but he got a takedown. So that bet cashed for him. Bet Online is the only partner that offers that bet. They have the exact same thing with significant strikes as well. If you use our link and you make a deposit, I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. That takes us to a couple of grapplers. We got Tony Gravely taking on Javid Bajarat. Tony Gravely is a wrestler who loves to come forward with volume and power and then transition to his wrestling so he can work some old school ground and pound. He's very strong and he uses it well for takedowns and damage. Tony's big issue though is that he gasses out and he does have some questionable submission defense. He averages almost seven takedowns per fight, which is just a ridiculous number. And there's just no secrets to what Tony Gravely's game plan is. But he is coming off an incredible knockout over Johnny Munoz where he didn't need any wrestling at all and he showed us how much power he really does have. And he's fighting Javit Bajarat, who's a grappler. He's got incredible offensive and defensive wrestling and he has absolutely no problems with a kickboxing match either and he can be a problem in the division. And to emphasize that point, if you want to go back and check out his two UFC fights, in his first fight against Oren Collin, he had three takedowns and an eventual submission. In his last fight against Trevin Jones, he had zero takedowns, zero takedown attempts, and won a clear decision with his striking. And this is an interesting matchup between two grapplers at heart. Tony Gravely is absolutely the more aggressive wrestler between the two of them, but he can have cardio issues. Javid's probably the more well-rounded fighter who can use his wrestling offensively or defensively. He'll be much more technical striker as well, but he likely doesn't have anywhere near the raw power that Tony Gravely does. Odds have Javid as a two-to-one favorite here, and I understand it because he's more well-rounded, but he also showed a touch of poor fight IQ in his last fight. He did win a striking decision, but there were times where he should have shot a takedown, just sort of lock in that round and secure that. Ultimately, I think Javid gets the win here, but there is a world where Gravely pressures forward, shoots a million takedowns, and does get the win. My only hesitation is Gravely's cardio. Otherwise, you know, I'd probably think a little more highly of him in this fight. That takes us to Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon. This is a very interesting matchup, and I'm very surprised it's this early on this fight card. But Aspen Ladd was a very good prospect who took a few years off and she just has not been the same since then. She's coming off two striking-based losses in a row where even though she did get some takedowns, she was just a step behind on her feet. Technique-wise, she's not very technical, but she is very tough. She's decent everywhere, has zero quit in her whatsoever. And while her striking can be, you know, a little bit wild, her path to victory is typically 
to push forward, work in takedowns, and bully. Sarah McMahon is an Olympic silver medalist wrestler who has great power, great takedowns, and a very straightforward game plan. She she wants to come in here. She wants to get the takedowns. And she doesn't have technical striking, but... Oh, sorry. She does have technical striking, but it doesn't look very comfortable when she's trading. If you look at her career, she's got some really solid win streaks in there. And four of her six losses are to current or former champions. The other two are to Marion Renault and Ketlin Vieira, which are, you know, those are quality losses. And she either dominates in her wins or gets submitted in her losses. And on its surface, this is a pretty easy breakdown, right? Sarah McMahon's either going to get the takedowns and win or lose a striking match. And it should be that simple. The tricky part of it, though, is that Sarah can be taken down as well. Even in her last fight against Carol Rosa, she had four takedowns, more than 10 minutes of control time, but she was still taken down. And I can see Aspen coming forward and getting her own takedowns. I can also see Aspen giving up takedowns like she did against Sajara and Norma. And this is a really tricky fight to pick. I, I had success picking McMahon in her last fight, but I think I got to go Aspen here. Like she's just an absolute dog and she should be able to let her hands go. There's no bet here. Once the props drop, we'll take a look and see what those are. But this is a really tough fight to pick. Both of them have very clear paths, and I would not be surprised by any outcome here. Then we've got Maria Agapova taking on Jillian Robertson. Maria Agapova has a fun come-forward striking style with high volume and high pressure, and she just throws caution to the wind at times. Once she settles in and stops chasing a first-round KO, she's got solid boxing with clean combinations and possesses actual power. She's got a pretty, pretty good ground game, but just okay takedowns and poor takedown defense. She's coming off that loss to Marina Moroz, where she was completely big-sistered. Jillian Robertson is a well-rounded fighter, but primarily a wrestler in the cage. She has not had an easy road in the UFC with her four most recent losses being to J.J. Aldrich, Miranda Maverick, Tyler Santos, and Macy Barber. Jillian averages more than two takedowns per fight, and I think that's important in this matchup, right? She's coming up that loss to J.J. where her striking looked okay, but her takedowns did not. At one point, she did have J.J.'s back, but she blew it when she just took her hooks out for no reason at all, just took her hooks out and gave up that position. And this is another tricky fight because both women can strike and grapple, but neither are incredibly dominant at any one thing. But given how Maria was just bullied and big-sistered in her last fight, I gotta go with Jillian here to have that exact same game plan. Jillian takedowns did not look good against J.J. Aldridge, but J.J. Aldridge has pretty good takedown defense, much better than Maria Agapova. So I'm gonna go with Robertson here, but this is another no-bet fight because it's a bit volatile. And again, we will see those props. This is probably another really good bet-online prop for the most takedowns. So again, you wanna grab that? We want picks.com slash bets. Click on bet online, use the link, make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. And that prop bet should drop on Tuesday. And I have to imagine Jillian's going to be the favorite there, but we just, we don't need her to win the fight. We just need her to get more takedowns. Then we got Anthony Hernandez taking on Marc-Andre Barreau. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez is a very good grappler who rose to fame by having better cardio than Rodolfo Vieira. He's got solid takedowns, a BJJ black belt, and even though he's willing to strike, that's not really his path to victory. He is coming off a solid win over UFC newcomer Josh Freem, where he had an impressive eight 
takedowns and 11 minutes of control time. Marc-Andre Barral is a pretty well-rounded fighter with solid kickboxing and takedowns. His jiu-jitsu is solid, but his takedowns can definitely use some work. Marc-Andre is typically looking to pressure forward and wear you down on your feet. He's got impressive striking volume and almost six significant strikes landed per minute. He's coming off a submission win over Jordan Wright in the first round where he gave up two takedowns before snatching up a guillotine. Marc-Andre is likely the more well-rounded fighter in this matchup. He's got solid striking and solid BJJ on the ground. The issue, though, is while his takedown defense is 68%, he has been taken down 12 times in eight fights and by people who aren't as good of grapplers as Anthony Hernandez. So I like Fluffy to get the takedowns and get the win, but he will need to be careful on his feet because Marc-Andre will be the far better striker. And yet again... This is another awesome fight for that bet online takedown prop bet. So again, we'll see if those drop on Tuesday or they will drop on Tuesday. We'll see what the odds are. Sometimes they're wild. Sometimes they're like minus a thousand, but sometimes they're like minus 250, minus 300. And in a fight like this, Marc-Andre is not shooting takedowns. So minus 200, minus 300 for Anthony Hernandez. All he needs to do is get more takedowns. I mean, that's... That's going to be looking good. I don't know what the odds are I'm making them up, but once those drop on Tuesday, I'll take a look. And if you want to, <clears throat> go to wemopicks.com slash bets, click on bet online, sign up, make a deposit, and blah, blah, blah. I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Then we have Jacob's favorite fighter. We got Pat Sabatini taking on Damon Jackson. And Damon Jackson's a very good grappler in his own right. He's an opportunistic grappler, though, which means he snatches things up in scrambles instead of just sort of plodding forward with techniques. He's willing to slug it out at times, which is an asset for him, depending on the matchup. He doesn't have much power, but he does land some heavy shots and then immediately work for takedowns. He's got a low 38% takedown accuracy, but he has solid control when he gets there. He's coming off a decision win over a short-notice Dan Argueda, where he went two for four in takedown attempts, but did have an impressive 10 minutes of control time. And we love Pat Sabatini here at We Want Picks. We, we've picked him to win in every single one of his UFC fights. We've broken him down, and so far, it's been working for us. He's got very good wrestling, solid pressure went on top. His grappling is incredible, and he's always live for a submission. He's got technical striking, and he moves well to control the range with his in-and-out bouncing. He's coming off two grappling-heavy wins in a row. He had six takedowns against TJ Laramie and five against Tucker Lutz. If I had to give a criticism, though, it would be that he needs to strike more so people need to worry about what kind of fight that they're going to be in. And this is essentially a grappler versus grappler matchup. So if we look at who the better grappler is, we got to go with Pat, right? I think Pat's the better pure grappler. And we know he's the better offensive wrestler as well, which means he can control when he wants to take it to the ground. And that's very important because Pat was actually taken down in his last fight. And while he wasn't really in any trouble, he didn't threaten off his back. And someone like Damon will absolutely capitalize on those opportunities. They call him the leech because he just sticks to you like a leech and he's hard to get off. So I like Pat to win here, but he needs to initiate and control the wrestling pace because if Damon Jackson comes charging forward and he's the one wrestling, he can absolutely win this fight. And this is one of those things where it's important to note the breakdown. I know some of you just fast forward to the pick and that's it. But it's important to note the breakdown because if we go back to UFC 279 and we talk about Jay Collier and that fight, what did I say? Jay Collier's not the better fighter. He is not the better fighter. 
Chris Barnett is absolutely the better fighter. He absolutely hits harder. He's absolutely more athletic. But we just don't know his headspace, where he's at, what he's doing. If I was positive that Chris Barnett was going to come forward and do that, I'd pick him. But, you know, I think I just have to trust Jake Collier here. And that breakdown is important because Chris Barnett went out there and won that fight. And he absolutely, as I said, was the better, more athletic fighter, the more powerful fighter. And that's why the context is important. And you'll see that. This is a little bit of a rant. You'll see that when Jacob and I are sometimes split on our picks, complete opposite pick, but our breakdowns are very similar. And we have clear paths for each fighter. So pay attention to the words. Obviously, the picks are important, but pay attention to the words. This is one of those fights. This is one of those fights. Damon Jackson does have a path to victory here. Then we got Trevin Giles taking on Luis Cose. Trevin Giles is a very athletic grappler with a solid jab. He's pretty light on his feet, and he does a nice job of working in and out of range. He'll throw a combination to just step back out of range and reset. Regardless of what the stats say, his wrestling offense is not very good. But he does have solid takedown defense at 75%. He sets a nice pace and he pumps his jab well. Luis Cose is a dangerous striker with very real power in his hands. He has a bully pressure style with heavy punches and solid work on top if he ends up there. He's not the most technical striker, but he does make up for it with power and pressure. He's coming off that loss to shot Sasha Politnikov. But he was dominating that fight, and he was just seconds away from a stoppage win before he was just slowing down and started to take some big shots himself. He essentially blew his wad chasing that stoppage. The bookies love Trevin Giles in this matchup. They have him as a 2-1 to one favorite. I think this should be much, much closer than that. I mentioned Trevin's takedowns aren't great, but they should be good enough in this matchup, right? Luis is going to be the better, more powerful striker, but... Trevin is just so athletic, and he and he may be able to get it to the ground where he should have a good size advantage there. So Trevin's the pick. I absolutely hate these odds. The bet here might actually be an inside-the-distance decision, no action on Luis when that drops. And if you don't know what that is, basically, if Luis Cose stops Trevin Giles, you get paid. You get paid. But if he loses the decision, you get a refund. No big deal. All your money back like it never happened because he's definitely, definitely the more dangerous fighter here. And if you want to crack at that, we own picks.com slash bets. BetOnline is the only partner that offers that bet. If you sign up and make a deposit, I'll send you 50 bucks as a thank you. Then we got Nicholas Mata taking on Cameron Van Camp. Nicholas Mata is a very good striker. He's explosive, he's athletic, and he moves well with his speed and diversity. He's got solid takedown defense, which is important because he doesn't have much to offer off his back on the ground. He does have a very, he does do a very good job of being patient and then pouring it on when he sees his opportunity. He's coming off the upset loss to Jim Miller where he was dropped and TKO'd. Cameron Van Camp is a wild brawler who has proven himself to be a capable, capable grappler as well. He's a lightweight who occasionally goes to welterweight, but he paid the price last time he did that. Cameron is definitely a finisher with 10 wins by submission and four by KO or TKO. He was supposed to make his UFC debut on short notice against Nicholas Namada back in September, but that fight was canceled and we're going to get another crack at it. And Cameron was knocked out two months ago by Andre Fialo, but... In the two minutes leading up to that knockout, he actually looked decent, as dumb as that sounds. And this is another fight where I feel these odds are way too wide. Both of these guys are coming off knockout losses, but the market has still decided that Mata is almost a 3-1 to one favorite. And I like Mata because 
He's going to be the much better striker, but Cameron can grapple and Mata freezes up on bottom. The only thing preventing me from picking Cameron here is Mata's scrambling. I think he can keep it on his feet and win those striking exchanges. The pick is Mata, but Cameron is definitely one of the most live dogs on this card. Then we got Trey Ogden taking on Daniel Selhuber. Trey Ogden is an athletic grappler with solid takedowns and decent power in his hands. He's absolutely a grappler, but if you run through his tape, you'll see that even if he's winning by submission, he's dropping his opponents with strikes and then snatching up the neck. His takedowns are really well-timed, and he does an excellent job of lowering his level, shooting blast doubles at his opponents when they come in. He's coming off a close loss to Jordan Leavitt, where he looked good but he did start to gas. Daniel Zellhuber is an impressive striker with a very aggressive and dynamic style. He has incredibly long limbs, which gives him power, range, and leverage for grappling exchanges. Despite his long legs, he's got solid takedown defense and does a very good job kneeing and striking his way out of those exchanges. If he's taken down, he's wrapping his opponents up and using his length to threaten with submissions. I do not believe in the contender series fade, but I fully recognize that the first UFC fight for some people may cause him to freeze up. I just don't think it's going to happen here. Daniel's very impressive. He uses his length incredibly well, does serious damage. I think Daniel does whatever he wants on his feet, and even if he is taken down, he should be okay, but I prefer not to see it. I, I like Daniel to get this win. I have a money line bet on him. I got a couple other things on him as well. If you're a premium member, you would have seen those bets already. So go to wewantpicks.com at the top, click become a member. It's $10 a month. You get access to every single one of my bets and Jacob's bets the very minute that we place them. And I'm telling you right now, I'm recording this on Sunday morning. I will upload this on Sunday afternoon. Jacob has bets already. I'm not talking about them in this video because they're not my bets to talk about, but they're up there on premium membership. So we want picks.com at the top, click, become a member, unlock all of our bets, all of our picks, all of our predictions, everything. It's freaking $10 a month. You cheap bastards. All the money we make you. We want picks.com. Click, become a member at the top. That takes us to Andre Feely taking on Bill Algeo. Andre Feely is a very well-rounded guy, and he was supposed to be the next big thing coming out of Team Alpha Male, but he never really lived up to that hype. Part of that was matchmaking, though. I do think they threw him with the uh, killers a little bit too early. Max Holloway was his second UFC fights, and then his losses after that were Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Qatar. Style-wise, Andre's a very well-rounded technical brawler with wrestling. He gets hit often, which you can see with his negative striking differential, and he does rely on his chin, which up until recently has held up, but you know, typically, as you know, once a chin goes, it goes. Bill Algeo is a fast-paced striker who has kind of a karate-style stance with his hand placement, and because of that, he's got okay defense and a surprisingly high output of almost six significant strikes per minute. He likes a dirty stand-up war if he can keep it there. He does have some okay takedowns, but he's got a low 54% takedown accuracy. He has a BJJ black belt, great cardio, a fast pace, and he's super durable. He's coming off that win over Herbert Burns where he literally broke him in one of the most embarrassing situations we have ever seen. I've been high on Andre Feely in the past, and I really thought he could do something meaningful in the UFC. He's two years removed from his last win, and I don't see him in getting it there. I, I just don't see him getting another win here. If he's stuck to a wrestling, heavy, heavy wrestling game plan like he did with Charles Jourdain, 
then I might be more inclined to pick him. But I think Algeo's pressure, pace, and chin are going to get him the win. So I'm going with the underdog here. I've got an underdog bet on Bill Algeo at that underdog money. I fully recognize how talented Andre Feely is, but I just feel like the sport's passing him by. Bill Algeo, ridiculously tough, high pace, stay in your face. You know, uh, frankly, if Bill Algeo wasn't an underdog, I probably wouldn't have done the money line bet, but underdog money is underdog money, and I think he's going to pull this off. Hopefully that gives you some clarity. Then we've got Alan Emadowski taking on Joseph Fire, Piher, Pfeiffer. Alan Emadowski was undefeated coming into the UFC, but he lost his first three UFC fights and he has had a three-year layoff in that run as well. Alan is a powerful striker who chases knockouts. He does have holes in his grappling game go and that can be exploited, and it has been exploited in the past. He's very clearly a knockout or bust fighter, but to be fair, he, he can knock you out. Joseph Pfeiffer is an incredibly powerful striker who managed to break his arm in half on Dana White Contender Series just to heal it up, come back, and then knock his last Dana White Contender Series opponent out cold. His regional success was similar. He hits like an absolute truck and uses his pressure to break people. You don't see much of it, but he does have nice, clean takedowns and solid BJJ as well. I love Joe in this matchup. Punch for punch, he should be the heavier hitting striker, and we know he has wrestling if he needs it. He took down Dustin Stolzfus in the fight where he broke his arm, and Ozzy Diaz in the fight where he flatlined him. Obviously, Allen is going to be live for a knockout because he's got insane power, but Joe's pressure, his own power, and wrestling should absolutely get this done. He's a little less than a 4-1 to favorite, but he should be a good, he's probably a good parlay piece. The one and only thing that concerns me about Joseph is that he just fought a few weeks ago, and we have seen those quick turnarounds. That's an awkward amount of time. So hopefully he didn't get too big, didn't just start drinking and celebrating, and uh, you know he'll be ready to go. But uh, I like Joe in this fight, pretty confident in that pick. Then we got Tanner Bozer taking on Rodrigo Nascimento. Tanner Bozer is a fun heavyweight striker with solid hands and very real power. He's athletic for the division, but he's a smaller heavyweight that can be bullied. He's coming off a very nice win over Ovens St. Prue, where he tripled the strikes and knocked him out. And that was definitely his best win in the UFC so far, but even his losses hold up. He lost a grappling decision to Latifi, a kickboxing match to Arlovsky, and gone. Rodrigo Nascimento is coming back after more than a year away because of some substance issues, but he is coming off a TKO win over Alan Badeau. That was ruled a no contest. He's an aggressive striker, but he's a grappler at heart with solid submissions. If he stays standing, he will get sucked into a firefight, and that may not go his way. His path to victory is grappling, where he has a giant edge. He has a 100% finish rate, and for the most part, he marches forward, gets a solid clinch, and then gets a takedown. Unlike Tanner, though, he's very big for the weight class, and he is submission heavy. This is another line that just doesn't make complete sense to me. So Tanner is essentially a two-to-one favorite, and I appreciate how athletic he is, but he's small, and we've seen him be bullied in the past. Nascimento's big for the division and loves to come forward, grind, and grapple. I think Nascimento's layoff is probably going to help Tanner, but Tanner needs to keep his feet moving because if he stays put for too long, he's likely going to be taken down and controlled. I'm very split on this pick, right? I can see Tanner using his speed 
and athleticism to dance around and win a striking match, or I can see Rodrigo bullying his way in, dragging Tanner to the ground, and winning there. For now, the pick is definitely Tanner because of the footwork, his activity, and how good he looked in his last fight, but you know, I'm going to hold off on bets for the time being. Then we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Chidi Injikawani taking on Gregory Rodriguez. Chidi Injikawani is a very good striker with speed, power, and solid distance control. He's not a high-volume guy, but he sticks and moves really well. His feet are never in the same place for long, and people have a really hard time getting to him. If you're able to get inside the reach and you work your way to his legs... You could potentially have success with takedowns, but so far his takedown defense is an impressive 76%, and I cannot stress enough how powerful he is and how hard he hits. Gregor Rodriguez is a well-rounded guy with good, clean striking power and a BJJ black belt. Even though he has a BJJ black belt and is more than capable on the ground, he has really good takedown defense, and he uses that to keep his fights standing so that he can slug it out. He's a big guy with power and strength, and the reality is that he's a threat everywhere, but he's a little slow. He's physically slow and even lumbering at times, which is something that the right fighting style can exploit. And when I saw this matchup, I just immediately was like, oh, Gregor Rodriguez. Then I start digging in, doing my notes, watching the tape, and it's hard not to pick Chidi here. He hits like a freight train, has incredible defense, and then so far, his cardio has not really been an issue. And if I thought Greg could work in those takedowns, I would favor him. But I feel like he's too slow to close that distance without taking real damage. Cheaty's the pick. I probably got to have a money line bet on him as well. And uh, the odds are pretty much even right now. So we'll see what happens with those. And if you want to see all of our bets, go to wewantpicks.com and at the top, click become a member. It's literally $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. And we have made money every single freaking... If you have followed all of our bets every week for the last month, you'd be up money. We haven't had a single week where we collectively lost money for premium members. Wewantpicks.com at the top. Click become a member. It's $10. And I'm keeping it at $10. The rest of these bums are charging 10 for bets, another 10 for fantasy, 50 for everything. I'm doing 10 for everything and we are never going to touch that price. And frankly, that's why we have pretty much a thousand premium members right now because they know it's an incredible value. We on piss.com at the top, click become a member. Main event of the evening. We got Corey Sanhagen taking on Yadong Song. Corey is a very active striker with deceiving power and very good striking techniques. He's fluid, he's fast, and he's very good with combinations and variety. He'll throw punches, kicks, elbows, knees, and he'll just mix up where they land on your body. He's athletic, tough, and he ties it all out with solid BJJ. A lot of people argue that he won that TJ fight, and regardless of what side you're on, I think we can agree that Corey is dangerous, tough, and he's a rough night out for pretty much anybody. Song Yidong is very young. He's only 24, but he's a good technical striker who moves well. He's fast, he hits hard, and he's athletic, but he's hittable at almost four significant strikes absorbed per minute. He throws everything with power, but that does leave him open to takedowns. He has okay submission defense, but he's very good at creating space and getting back to his feet. He does like to dictate the pace, but doing that against another high-level striker like Corey might be tricky. And I think this can be fight of the night, and, and we could have an upset on our hands. 
Yadong hits very hard and has fantastic striking. Kyler Phillips and Cody Stiman were only able to beat him with wrestling. And as well-rounded as Corey is, he's only got five takedowns in 10 UFC fights. So the question becomes, can Corey outstrike Song? And I don't know if he can, right? I, I think I'm still going to lean Corey Sanhagen here, though. And it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that this is five rounds. Corey has proven to be an absolute savage who can keep coming for 25 full minutes. And there are people that are going to argue he won his last two fights. So while I am leaning Corey here, I think I'm going to wait until the prop bets drop. And I'm going to place a bet where I'll be buying rounds for Yadong Song. Because I do think it's going to be a close fight. And if you don't know what that bet is, it's plus five and a half. And if you go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, BetOnline offers it. And essentially, you're buying five and a half points on the judge's scorecard. And the way that math works out is as long as Song wins, it's like two rounds or one round on all the judges' scorecards and two rounds on two. It's something like that. But essentially, if this is a close fight and you think Yadong can get two rounds, at least on most of the judges' scorecards, that's an incredible bet. Those drop on Tuesdays. We'll see what those odds are. And as soon as we place all of these prop bets that I've been talking about, they will be on our website for premium members. The very second we place bets. I walk through all of mine. I walk through all of my picks. Later today, which is Sunday, I will have all of Jacob's picks and all of Jacob's bets up there as well. So become a premium member now. It is only $10 a month. WeWantPicks.com. At the top, click become a member. I promise you it is worth the money. One, one week, one week pays for months, let alone one month what you could do with that. WeWantPicks.com. At the top, click become a member.